I've known Amanda for years and she's always been driven and intentional. She has a heart of gold and she is truly a woman of her word. And throughout my conversation today, we really discuss how she did not get lost in the midst of all the change. She's a nurse, a nurse anesthetist. I probably mispronounced that, but we laugh about that in the podcast, the episode. She's a wife, she's a mom, she's a mentor, a teacher, a course creator, an influencer, and a former bodybuilder. Amanda wears lots of different hats. But in the midst of all these titles, we speak about how she was able to stay grounded and stay true to who she really is. So before we move forward, please be sure to share this episode with your friends, share it on your socials or wherever you and your friends hang out. Be sure to subscribe. You can do that on your favorite listening platform, the one that you're on right now. And thank you so much for all the love and the support. I am really having an incredible time podcasting that I never knew that I would. So I appreciate you being on this journey with me. So what I loved about what Amanda said was, obviously, there's so many aha moments, but she's so honest in the process of, of talking with me. There was no filter in regards to what she does, what worked for her, what doesn't work for her. And really discussing that it's an ongoing process that she's in. How does she keep true to herself? And she really shares some intimate details about what it's like being a nurse during a pandemic. The sacrifices she and her family are making currently. And I'm able to really catch a glimpse of what it's like behind the scenes. Okay, so let's get to the conversation with Amanda on how she shifted her mindset as all these things were coming at her and really as she uncovers the process in the pivot. I've always been a huge fitness type of chick. Like I loved healthy eating and working out and, you know, I did modeling back in the day and I've always been, you know, all about being healthy and clean. And it was always a dream of mine, but I was like, with what time? With being a nurse full time and traveling, you know, whatever, how was I going to do it? So fast forward, I had gotten into a little accident. I hurt my clavicle, this scar everyone sees all the time. Freak accident, hurt that. I was out of commission for like six months. And I had a lot of time for reflection because I couldn't move my arm or do anything. And I was just sitting there and the pounds were just piling on. And I realized over the last three, four years, I had lost myself. I had went to anesthesia school was in a relationship that we had to repair. So that was hard and a mess. And then I graduated from anesthesia school. Then I moved back to like my home state and had to kind of start over. Then I started a new job. Then I got engaged. Then I got married. Marriage was hard. (laughs) In-laws were hard. And I just, I just was sitting there like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Like all these amazing blessings had happened, but I was like, where's Amanda? I was so, I didn't recognize myself in the mirror. I didn't like what I saw in the mirror. And I just finally said, you know what? As soon as I'm able to come back full force from this injury, I'm going to find a trainer and I'm going to train like I'm going to do a bikini competition. And I did. I found a trainer who happened to be 30 minutes down the street from me in St. Charles, Illinois. Awesome. Nelsa Anderson. She's the best. And I just said, turn me into bikini fitness model. She said, okay. And then I wasn't going to compete. I just wanted to, you know, get better. And I remember she gave me this diet and the workout plan within four weeks. I was down. God, how many pounds was I down? 
I think I was down nine pounds in a month just from eating and lifting, no cardio, no abs, nothing, just eating clean and lifting. And by month two, I was down like another five or six. I was down like 15 pounds in two months and my body changed. And I just was like, okay, I want to compete. And then I just made the decision to compete. And then, yeah. And then that was a whole other beast. But I finally, it was a difficult, challenging, like five months because you're, you know, you're no drinking, no kind of partying, no going out to eat. You're like totally committed. But I just felt like I found myself again and I pushed myself to a place I never knew I could be. And it was just exactly what I needed. And it was very timely considering I got pregnant right after. So (laughs) I'm really glad I did it when I did. That's right. That's right. Well, moms do it all the time. I know moms who are just like, and then all of a sudden they have kids and then they're like, okay, now I'm going to go be a professional bodybuilder. And you're just like, what? I mean, and I was doing it with no kids, a husband and a really, I had a really cush schedule. Like the stars had just aligned for me to like do it. Like I was working full time, but I was getting off at like noon or one. So I devoted my whole life to training. So I'm like, I hats off to the moms that do this with kids. Cause I'm like, I struggled doing it with like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm so happy you're amazing. talking about moms, but I want to go back to what you said earlier about how you felt like you lost yourself because you're a mom, you're yes. a nurse anesthetist, correct? Yeah. Did I yeah. say that right? Because I'm always anesthetist. I know it's so hard. So yeah, hard but, but but you and and now you've totally transformed your life, and yeah. here you are. But I want to go back to like that first kind of initial thought of like, who am I? Where am I? Now looking back, do you feel like yeah. you're another person, a different, not another person, right? But a different person, or do you feel like you walked into what it is that you imagined yourself to be? Definitely the la- like the latter. I think I walked into what I needed to be. I'm a firm believer that everything comes in seasons and we are dealt these hands. And I think it's what we choose to do with them, the hard times, the good times, everything in between that builds us into the person we're supposed to become. And I think that that's why I'm such a huge proponent of like, if there's something on your heart or there's something that just keeps kind of calling your name and kind of pushing on you, you have to do it because the person you become on your way there I think is what's meant to be. And then that leads you to the next stepping stone and the next stepping stone. And before you know it, you're just living a life better than what you dreamed of. And I think I'm the person that like, I'm always going to go for what I want and push myself out of my comfort zone and do the hard things. And I'm crazy type A. And I know my husband, I drive him crazy sometimes, but I, I, I landed here and I never, I never wanted to actually have kids. That was never on my radar. I remember um, you saying that. But yeah, but I mean, I could not imagine a better life and a better way. And even like my marriage, I, I think I, at that moment, I, you know, like I said, I, I was a CRNA. Yay. I had a great job. Yay. I had, I was married. I had the house. I had the car, I, you know, and I was just like, and what, you know what I mean? So we, we can chase all these things and arrive But if we're not happy with who we are and if we haven't shifted and changed ourselves in the process, then what's the, what's the point? What's the point? It's so true. It's like you have this diamond dangling in front of you and then all of a sudden you're like, I want this, I want this. And then you get it and you're like, was that what it was about? 
And it really does have to do with how you perceive yourself to be and what it is that you're, what you think you're supposed to be doing, quote unquote, and the foundation beneath that. So everybody's trying, not everyone, right? But some of us try Mm -hmm. to achieve something, especially people who are type A, particularly women. I mean, it's like, you know, I remember speaking to my cousin and she was like, it's a problem. Like I said, I was preparing for a family gathering and I called her up and I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much to do. I just, you know, I'm trying to get the napkins together with the plates and <laughs> right. And so she says, yes. she goes, it's a problem and we both have it and it's a problem. And I remember thinking like, <laughs> like you know, like we're just having basic conversation. We're yeah. arriving. Are you bringing the rice and beans? Yep. You know, what are you doing? Absolutely. And so, and so she's like, and then she kind of like had this kind of like moment of like, total introspection. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is like, this is a problem that we have. Yeah. And I remember that stuck with me so much. She probably doesn't even know this. She'll hear it and say, really? But you know, (laughs) it is, it's so true. It's like this type A, particularly for women can be a beast. And if you don't really understand it or have a foundation to what, how it can really propel you in life, it almost like eats you up. It It does. it almost like mm-hmm. it changes everything for you to always feel like that type A person. I want, you know, now that I'm talking about it, it sounds like the ego, you know, there's nothing yeah, wrong with your ego, yeah. right? There's nothing wrong with your ego, but if you don't put it in place, boy, it's going to mess things Absolutely. up. Absolutely. You, you use it for good and you use it to be able to help you like you are speaking of now, then it becomes a total transformation. But if you don't, then you stay stuck. And it's almost like a hamster wheel of trying to. Absolutely. So it's, it sucks. It's no, it sucks. It's no fun. I just want to be happy and be perfect and be great. And you're like nowhere. (laughs) Right. And then you're like, but wait, I thought this would make me happy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have known you for a long time now and I've been able to see the transition of you moving into all these different steps. And I remember you and I having a conversation probably about 10 years ago when you were like, can you believe it's been that long? Um, You said, I remember we just had this great heart to heart. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, we had so many of them. And it was so great because it was just of a revelation. Like you, you look back on it and you're like, that's the beginning of it. So like if you're listening and you're going through the emotional turmoil of stuff, know that it's the beginning of the beginning. Love and that. that is so kind of so perfect Love for that. you to be able to kind of move into the next step of what it is that you want. So you're a bodybuilder, yeah. you're married, you yeah. went back to school because you were originally a nurse. I was, and I was just a straight RN struggling. I was, and you've had many conversations of me crying. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's that was the beginning of the beginning, and you're yes. like, I'm going back to school, yeah. and I was just like, wow, that's fantastic. This is so good. Yeah. And then, can you just share a little bit more about kind of the transition? Because what you said earlier was like, I did this because I wanted to move into what. I knew I was called to be. And I say that in my first episode or second, I don't remember, but it's literally a calling. Like if you're watching the movie Frozen. <laughs> my husband loved that movie. It's okay. Like- so Frozen 2, the, the yeah. song is like, I hear somebody calling me. I hear it calling. What is it calling? It's so, yeah. such a spiritual movie. But anyway, um, so it's almost like that pull in that tug. So you heard the tug, you felt the tug, you listened, you yeah. obeyed. 
And then what happens after that? So after you moved into being a nurse and then going back to school to be an yes. anesthetist yes. and then um, getting married mm-hmm. and then bodybuilding, yes. right? Yes. And then what happens from the perspective of now everything is shifted, your body's changed and now you're like, you're pregnant. Yes crazy. And that's so they always say once you, they always say you go through the post-show blues. So after you bodybuild, right, you work and work and work for this moment. That's like an hour on stage, right? Not even, you know, you're on stage twice, you show off all your hard work. It's done in a flash, you know, your makeup done, it's glam. It's the best day ever, but just like your wedding, it's a day and it's gone. Right. And so they always warn me, like, be careful with these post blues, you know, the post-show blues, because you kind of have nothing else to work for and you kind of get a little bit lost. So I was like, okay, type A, I'm not going to let that get to me. So I had like an eating plan ready to go. I was like, this is going to be my post-show eating plan. I'm going to stay lean. I'm going to work out. I'm going to keep this up. And then uh, me and my husband were going on a long vacation to Europe. Um, So I said, I'm going to make that two-week Europe trip my cheat meals. And then I'm going to maybe do one more show in November and then maybe we'll talk about having kids. Maybe, because I was still, you know, on like the fence or whatever. And so then the, you know, post-show happened. I ended up staying, you know, super lean. Everything was great. I was, you know, indulging back in some things. I was trying to find my my new groove, right? Because I had this new body and I had this new mindset of like, I really can do anything. Like if I can like not eat pizza and not drink out, you know what I mean? Like I really had this renewed sense of like, I really like people can do whatever they want. And so many people are like, I can't lose the weight. I can't do this. I can't do that. Yes, you can. Like you can, like we can do whatever we want to do if we want to do it. And that's the biggest lesson I learned from that. So I'm going, you know, I'm going about my business. I'm buying new clothes because I've got a brand new size, you know, all as well. And then uh, me and my husband go to Europe and I was like, you know, I'm just going to eat whatever, drink whatever. Weight can always come off. It's not a big deal. You know, I will work it off on the back end. And we also worked out on our trip. So then we're in Europe, right? And it's going great. My best friend, actually, Jarrell, you remember Jarrell? Jarrell actually I do, I do. For the do. first half, yeah. And she just kept looking at me and she was like, you look weird. She's like, are you pregnant? I was like, girl, are you serious? I said, I've just been bodybuilding. And if you don't know, when you bodybuild, you actually stop ovulating because you're so lean. Oh, wow, I didn't know so that. All your, yeah, so all your hormones are so messed up. That actually, when you stop having periods, it's actually a good thing in bodybuilding land because it means you're lean as crap. So I was like, Jarrell, you know, no, I'm not. You're, you're crazy, you know? And I was on birth control as well. I said, you know, I'm still working out. So then she left. She was with us for the first half. She left and she came, you know, then me and my husband traveled on to uh, France. And then the last couple of days, he was like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, what do you mean? He was like, you're like sleeping heavy. He's like you're just like, what's wrong? And I said, I don't know. I just, I feel kind of weird. I feel tired. I feel kind of nauseous, but you know, we're in France, eight hour time difference, you know, whatever. And then we started joking about, you know, me being pregnant, like, oh, we'll name him niece or we'll name him, you know, like Lucerne or like, we were just like totally (laughs) kidding about it, you know? And then, you know, we're going about our trip. I'm going shopping. And then all of a sudden I could like smell things. I was like, I was like, do you smell that? I was like, that's, do you smell? He was like, what is wrong with you? You know? And I'm like, I don't know. And so then I finally, we had two days left 
and I took a pregnancy test in French and I couldn't read it. So I texted Jarrell and my girlfriend and I said, does this mean not pregnant? So they, it was like enciente, schwanger or something like that. Oh. No, totally two lines, pregnant. And so oh. I ended up telling my husband the last day of our trip in front of the Eiffel Tower, which sounds romantic, but it actually wasn't. It didn't go as planned. <laughs> he was like, excuse me? And I'm like, uh, you know. And then the crazy part is, so all that happens, we flew back. We were in a weird place because we both were like in shock because we this was not definitely – kind of his plans, not my plan at all. And I just remember, you know, I went from bodybuilding to getting my life back, reconnecting with my husband to coming back pregnant, going to work. You're t- I'm, I'm nauseous. I had like, my stomach was all messed up. Your body's my, changing. My body was just, you know, I came back from Europe, a different person. Like I had just worked to become Amanda bodybuilder. And I found myself, I found my husband, we reconnected. And then literally I was like a, a different person again. Cause I'm like, um, you know, I'm so tired. I can't function. I wasn't excited at the moment. You know, I was trying to process the information. Yeah, I sure. that I got pneumonia on top of it all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was a mess. And so that was hard. And then I think, you know, coming back from eating super clean right. to, I didn't want that clean food anymore. I want literally my poor husband. I wanted Denny's and Hooters. That's what I <laughs> ate for trimester. I went from being like size zero fit six pack to Denny's and Hooters. <laughs> and I and, and no I judgment, no judgment. I know, right? I'm like, oh my god. I was like, can we go to Hooters again? He's like, we've went three times this week. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I need those wings. So yeah, so that was a, another hard transition. What were you telling yourself <sighs> during that time? You know, because <sighs> everybody goes through stuff like that. I mean, yeah. different situation, different characters, different yeah. experiences per se. Yeah. But we all kind of go through that kind of like, what just happened? Yeah. Who am I? Like, I yeah. thought I had everything under control. And <laughs> now everything is like, like the rug literally was taken yeah. up from beneath my feet. Now, what do I do? Yeah. So you mentioned earlier about this mindset, because you have to definitely have an, a different mindset to do the bodybuilding oh, and yes. lease all that weight. I mean, I think it's all mindset when it comes to that type it of, is. right? Yes, so is. now you had to switch in a matter of weeks or did you switch or did you keep that same mentality in the time that you were making all these drastic transitions and changes? Like what was the process for you in that? Yeah. So I think I honestly felt this sense of peace and calm. Like once the dust settled and we kind of got back and I kind of had time to process, I just was thinking, cause you know, everyone kept saying, cause I kept thinking like this, this is like almost like a miracle meant to be baby because here I'm not ovulating at all. I'm on birth control, you know? And I just kind of was like, you know what? I had always said, if I ever have kids, it has to just happen. I don't want to plan for it. I don't want to do whatever. If it's going to happen, it has to just happen. And I was kind of just sat with that. Like, okay, God, I see you. Like, I see you, you know? And I just kind of, I kind of transitioned actually better than I thought. I mean, at first it was a whirlwind, but I just kind of was like, you know what? You know, some people don't know I'm also adopted. And my mother, you know, my adopted mother, my mom wasn't able to have kids. And in that moment, I just thought like, you know what? People would kill 
to be pregnant and to have this blessing that I didn't ask for that I never knew I wanted because it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. But I just kind of was like, I am so blessed right now. I am just going to roll with this. I'm going to eat my chicken wings. I'm going to put on whatever (laughs) weight that I put on because you know what? It's weight. It can come off. If I did it once, I can do it again. And I just started getting excited. And I got, even my husband was like, you're like, cause I, you know, the little weekly, like 22 weeks and this, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was reading them. I was excited. Like size of a mango or person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. So I just kind of relaxed into it and was like, all right, God, like this was meant to be, this is a journey I'm supposed to be on. And this is a blessing at the end of the day. This is the biggest blessing and I'm just going to make it work. And I love those sounds in the background. I know. He's my like, little... He's affirming you. He's like, yes, know, he's like I'm yes. Sure. yes, that's right, mom. I came. That's one of the things that I think is, is so key and so important. So the baby's in the background. The dogs are in the background. It's all a part of where you're at right now in regards to your life, right? And, you know, when you talk about that kind of transition, the one thing that sticks out for me the most is your sense of gratitude in it. And it always comes back to that. I believe that in the midst of transformation and change and all these things that are coming at you, because that's the way you feel, as opposed to you allowing them and kind of allowing yourself to move in the change. We almost feel like I can only speak for myself, but I've always felt during transitions that it's like coming at me, you know, like I'm just trying to block it. (laughs) I'm just trying to, you know, block it in a way that it doesn't hit my face and, you know, and just kind of just trying to protect myself as opposed to just saying, you know what, I'm just grateful for it. You know, I'm just at a place where I'm allowing this to kind of come and just not fight it. That resistance is what causes most times the torment, emotional torment, as opposed to just saying, you know what, I'm just going to sit. I'm just going to pause. I'm just going to be in this moment right now. And there's something in this that I need to learn or I need to create. And so I, I love that you said that, that you were just like, you know what, I just need to be grateful. You know, there are tons, you know, and every time you put yourself in a position like, well, this, it could be a worse situation where is it that I wanted to have children and I couldn't, or that I, you know, whatever the case may be, that it aligns you to that sense of gratitude yes. and it gets you in, in a place of alignment. And then you're able to kind of really go through the transformation and the change in a way that is most supportive for you and your family and obviously your baby and your belly. But, you know, just in general, just that sense of alignment helps you to transition easier. I always say, I just ask God that my lessons be with ease. Mm, I love that. (laughs) You know, and just kind of like, you know, just graceful (laughs) and not like a slap in the face. Yeah. You know, as they were before. So it's, it's so that gratitude is what it helps to keep you grounded. It sounds it, like. Yeah. Yeah. It really did. Now that you ship. Yeah. Now that you put it like that. What I love about you, Amanda, is the fact that you're so transparent. You know, I follow you on IG and I've seen the transition happen and the kind of transformative way that you have really developed such an, a solid community Thank of you. nurses and you know, women who are faith-filled and who are intentional about creating a certain way of being in their life. You shared something with the baby about like, you see me here, but you don't realize all the work that has been behind the scenes or for me to get here. I think you were pushing a baby's carriage and you, yeah. you know, you see all this, 
But behind this, there was a lot of hard work. And there was a lot of movement and change that I had to go through. And so I'm so happy that you're here today to really uncover the process of what that meant, what it meant to shift and how to change your mentality and your mindset to be able to create the life that you really want. So tell me what you're doing now, because we've heard about the marriage and of course the baby's here. Yeah, I know he's here. He made it here safely. <laughs> he made it here safely. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. People don't realize how much, um, Ooh. that's actually a, a pretty accurate statement that yeah. he made it here safely. So. Yeah. Thank God for that. And yeah. so where are you now? Tell me what's exciting and new. And So I'm working a lot of people on Instagram. They see I take you guys with me for my 24-hour shifts, which I know sounds crazy and painful, but I get some time off with the baby, so it's worth it. Um, but I do my 24-hour shifts. <laughs> say it again. I know that I'm, I'm up all baby, but you know, it's fine. Just a season. It's just a season. Everything is a season. Uh, so I do that. And then I finally, I have been wanting to, you know, educate and help student nurse anesthetists and registered nurses who want to become a CRNA or who want to even be a nurse, you know, for that matter, because I am passionate about the nursing profession. I love it. It has always been literally a calling, something I've wanted to do. And I also am passionate about teaching. I love teaching. I love watching people have that aha moment. And personally, I feel like I am really good at taking huge, huge chunks of information and kind of breaking it down and organizing it. So what I'm trying to do now is I'm working on mentoring uh, future CRNAs and helping them get into school, get through school, be it emotional or, you know, just the logistics of things or doing tutoring sessions. And then I'm in the process now of putting together master classes and courses to where I can give you, you know, all my cheat sheets I've made through school and PDFs and kind of take off the, a lot of that nitty gritty work that you just don't have time for. So I'm like, if I can kind of give student nurse anesthetists and nurses some time back to breathe a little bit, to, you know, have a little more time with their family, like that's what I'm really seeking to do. And then also helping them excel in clinical and impressing their preceptors and really understanding the need to know information because there's so much noise, especially in anesthesia school. And I want to cut through that and say, this is a need to know, but also these are the mindset things you also need to do to get through, you know, this crazy journey of becoming a CRNA. So that's what I'm working on now. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it sounds like it's really exciting and much needed. You know, I've never even thought about that in regards to um, creating space, because that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like it's creating space, not only outward, you know, like what you need to know, but also within, because, you know, medical professionals and nurses and physicians and all those who are on the front lines of taking care of someone need to have, you, you, you want somebody walking to the OR that is grounded. <laughs> Yes. You want somebody who's created some space and that is like totally settled. You know, that is not like, 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 (laughs) you know, you want them to have their stuff together. You're not trying to mess around with that. You know, as a patient, that would be, you know, something that I'm sure would be super uber important to the client or to the patient. Right. But for the nurse, you know, we don't ever, you know, I hate to speak in such polarity, but I just feel like oftentimes there's, there's not that much support for those who take care of those who take care of people. Right. No, there's not. That's like a systemic 
problem in healthcare. We talk about all the time. There's another um, mom in CRNA I follow and she's like, you know, in healthcare, we support everybody else, but why can't we make time to breastfeed? You know what I mean? We preach it to our, to our patients, but then we don't give our, you know, breastfeeding moms a time a day, or we don't have vacation time or, but it's, it's true. Who is taking care of the nurse? Who is taking care of the healthcare professional? And, um, I'm actually doing a, t- a couple live presentations on PTSD and healthcare as far as bullying is huge in healthcare as well as how do we process and debrief when bad things happen. And I don't think people talk about it. So I'm talking about it and I'm sharing. I'm so my- happy you are. Because it's, it's so true. Like we're, we're taking care of human beings, but we don't take care of ourselves. We don't take care of ourselves. And then we allow other people not to take care of us. Is that the truth? I mean, it's just like, it doesn't, it makes no sense, but we're supposed to like, be ready yeah. to take care of others. You know what I mean? It just, it's, it's, it's a problem. It is. I'm so happy we're talking about this right now <laughs> yeah. because you are absolutely right when it comes down to we you as I don't say we because I don't work in healthcare anymore, but you provide such an important part of the actual care of a patient. It's not only the physical care, it's the emotional care. We look to nurses for as long as I can remember. Nurses were the ones that support the emotional connection between you and the patient or between, you know, that's who you look, where's my nurse, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's um, my nurse. Yeah. And, and to be able to get, get that support, but then they are not taking care of themselves. And oftentimes they don't really allow other people to take care of no. them. I'm, and I'm, we, right. And then and then also there's a there's another component that we allow people not to take care of us meaning that we go into situations and i say we cuz i'm talking about just healthcare professionals in general yes. you go into situations and you allow people to not treat you well i know yes that's exactly what i talked about on my live the other day like exactly that we yeah it's and very ugly it's very ugly and so i'm so happy you're doing that because there's obviously a need you have hundreds and thousands of people. I mean, you know, I don't know how many, but there's a lot of people who are following you and that are just like, you know, so excited for you to be able to share this information. And especially now, do you think that because of the pandemic, everything has shifted for people? Do you think that there's more awareness now of the self-care part? Because, you know, we often talk about self-care. We can talk about it in every aspect that we've spoken, the topic that we've spoken out today, you know, motherhood, marriage, just your own personal self. But do you see that self-care is so integral in the actual process of nursing? And where do you feel that that is going to lead us now that everything has changed in healthcare? Yes. That is, I love that you brought up the self-care piece because I think we are becoming more aware of that. I see a lot of profiles I follow now that are talking about compassion fatigue and burnout and, you know, practicing the self-care and the mindset because we've, we've got to get better at that. We have to, we have to find activities that make us happy. We have to create space or margin to breathe a little bit. Let me grab him. So, um, which actually it's crazy. I'm excited. I'll kind of tell you now, but I wrote a little short ebook that I'm going to get out soon. Just, it's very simple, succinct to the point, but it's addressing everything that's going on with COVID. Cause I think at the beginning we were all as healthcare workers, we were all scrambling, right? Everyone's scrambling to 
you know, try to be safe and, you know, getting PPE and trying to figure out, you know, how to treat and what to do. And then we kind of went into this like lull where we were kind of, okay, we have the PPE, we're figuring it out, but now we're here. And I feel like we're not talking about things as much and people are still dying. Families are still being affected. And I'm actually going to talk about this um, in my, in my live later on is that, you know, the fear that we all feel. I mean, I come home to a four month old, I'm scared. I'm in, I've been in COVID patient rooms for two and a half hours, putting in lines, doing CPR, you know, intubating, and it's scary and it takes a toll on you. And I don't think, I don't think we're talking about that as much. And once again, I don't think we're practicing that self-care piece. I think it's coming up. I think people are, you know, I think we're realizing we need to do something to take care of our healthcare workers, but I still don't feel like there's enough narrative and enough dialogue out there. So I am following a few accounts that I found on Instagram that have been amazing talking about compassion fatigue and burnout and ways to combat it and, you know, ways to practice self-care because if ever is the time for us this is to it. be better, this is it because it is it's scary and it's a mess and I'm nervous about, you know, what flu season is going to bring and are we going to not have enough PPE again? You know, like this isn't going away right? like this, this you know, we have to kind of learn to live with this. And as healthcare workers, I think we need to debrief more. I think we need to talk to each other more and talk about our vulnerabilities and what we're scared about because I don't, we're not talking about it. We take pictures with all this PPE and going yeah. to work. But at the end of the day, like I, I know it doesn't feel good. You know, when I come home, I wear a mask a lot around him because I'm so paranoid about giving it to my, you know, my baby. And sure. Can you, can you just share what compassion fatigue is for those who don't know? Yes. So it is, um, it can be confused with burnout. I'm actually have this definition right here. So compassion fatigue is emotional, physical, and a spiritual exhaustion related to chronic or prolonged exposure to trauma or difficult situations. And then on the flip side, you also have trouble giving of self, right? Because being in healthcare is a lot of giving of self. And then burnout is loss of motivation triggered by increased demands at work, increasing healthcare expectations, lack of resources, organizational policies, et cetera. And all of them pretty much, you know, you lose your productivity, your self-esteem drops, it can affect your home life. And I'm talking actually later on today about just the post-traumatic stress that's also involved with seeing a lot of people die. I mean, this is like a mass, it's like a mass casualty situation, right? You know, and people can't be with their families. I, I mean, I went on maternity leave a month early and uh, I had intubated a potentially, you know, positive COVID patient. And it's very, being an anesthesia now, it's very daunting as I am usually the last voice that people hear before they, wow. they pass. And that's something that's not light on me. I wasn't, you know, as a nurse sometimes, yeah, but when you're, you know, I just remember hearing it in my head when, as, as this pandemic started, I'm nine months pregnant. I go in to see this guy. They think he has COVID. You know, he was awake. His wife was, you know, poor thing was waiting for him. And um, I said, you know what, I'm going to take really good care of you. Cause I am, you know, I can't promise you're going to be okay, but I can promise that I'm going to take good care of you. And I said, I'm going to help you get, you know, get breathing a little bit better. And literally like he passed, I think later on that day, you know, and I don't think we, we talk about the gravity and I don't even think my spouse, I mean, I love my husband to death, but he also sure. doesn't understand 
sometimes I don't sleep or the anxiety of it and just the, you know, the pain, but it also goes back to that gratefulness piece. It makes me so grateful to have what I have, you know, and to have another day. So on the flip side, it really keeps you grateful, but it also, it scares you and we have to learn how to live. How do you live with this fear? You know, I'm we so to. happy you're bringing this up because it's such an important topic and it's so key that we, I'm glad you're saying it, right? Because yeah. it's so key to be able to, if you're listening to us, please rewind and listen to what she just said about compassion fatigue and about the trauma that frontline workers in healthcare are experiencing. It's no joke. When people are dismissive or uh, covering up, not purposely or intentionally, but just because it's just, I just need things to get back to normal or I want things to be the same as they were. It doesn't validate the fact that these frontline workers in, in healthcare are dealing with this trauma on a daily basis. And I used to work in the hospital for 10 years. Yes. And I remember thinking to myself, and I mean, you know, I wasn't doing any medical, I was doing the emotional piece in it. But so now because of the lack of ability to be able to connect with patients, you don't have that supportive staff that you had before. No, so it's really it's just it. the people that have to be in the room are there. Yeah. So the emotional and the support that used to come from supportive workers, so to speak, um, yeah. support staff is no longer there. So the brunt of the emotional trauma is coming onto the nurses. Yes, it is. And the doctors too, but the nurses, yeah. you know, yeah. because it's so important to understand that this just doesn't go away. And so when we are fighting to try to want things our way because we're <laughs> uncomfortable or because we have to change or we have to, you know, put a mask on or we have to follow certain rules and regulations or, you know, there's a certain level of new changes that have been implemented in your child's school or, you know, at church or wherever it is that you're frequent. You yeah. know what? Just take a breath and just say, you know what? I'm just grateful. Exactly. I'm grateful that I'm here. And then my family's yeah. here and, you know, use your energy for good and find out ways that you can support healthcare staff yeah. and nurses and doctors okay. who are there every day. You know, yeah. I feel so passionate about this because I have so many people that I care about that are doing this and you are absolutely right. It has never been that way in healthcare anyway. Right. Yeah. But now it's so much more magnified because- oh. Like you say, it's like in trauma. So I remember feeling that way in healthcare prior to this, like 10, 15 years ago, right? Yeah, same. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Right. And so now it's changed, but now this is the good and the bad thing. It's not going away. Yeah. You no. know, it's not going away. The pandemic or COVID or whatever yeah. else is not going away. Yes. And also the people, the frontline workers and their trauma is not going away. Yes. Yeah. And so we have to be able to, it's not going to just, go away with a couple of days off, there has to be a system in place to be able to take care of those who we value the most. And I spoke to a superintendent and I remember speaking to her and it's different because it's teachers, but it's still, it's like, we talk a lot about the kids yeah. and 
you know, what's going on with the kids. And we talk a lot about the parents and what they have to go through. But how about the teachers? Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Like the teachers have to change their entire plan, life and everything too. Yes. Right. And so it's not that it's not on the same level. And by no way am I trying to compare the two, but I'm just saying we have definitely as a society to look at where we're putting our energy and intention and self-care and who we are supporting in the process. So before you make a post, before you go ahead and, you know, say something that you quote unquote feel really passionate about because you read it on someone else's post and they feel really passionate about. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. Go ahead and just say to yourself, all right, how can I support this? And where, where can I be? So I'm so happy you spoke about that. As you can tell, I'm really passionate. about. Yes, I know. I can feel it. I'm like, we, and it's appreciated, you know, and I think on the, on the flip side, like everything that's, I mean, let's just, call it what it is for the last, you know, four or five years, it's, it's been messy. Things have been changing rapidly in our country and around the world and, you know, violence and this, you know, we, whatever, but we can take these situations and this is time for change. Like there's, you know, we have like red flags and stuff blaring in our face, but I also think, you know, it's almost a blessing because now we can do things differently. Like now, you know, people's eyes are open to different things and, you know, the pandemic has brought a bunch, a bunch of things out and et cetera. But these are moments where we can shift and we can transition and we can change and we can be better. So I think we have to find the blessing in the chaos. You know, we have to find the good in the madness because if there was ever a time for us to be different people and to be better and to be uncomfortable, it's right now. And if we can just see that we're really all connected more than we think we are, then it becomes so much easier to be able to heal all this stuff up because it can be done so that our next generation and your babies and my babies can live in a world that's different. I appreciate you and everything that you're doing to your part in the, in the healing process of this. And so that ebook, where can people find that? Yeah. So I am going to get that out in the next week because I've been talking, like I said, a lot about PTSD and that. So I will have that yeah. on my Instagram. So awesome. if you can hang out with me there, I will have the link to it. It's, it's literally completely free. It's just something I want. It's a gift to all my healthcare workers and just a way to kind of mindset. It's all about mindset, right? And just, right. you know, get you guys kind of thinking and appreciate and kind of almost reflect on what all this stuff really means. Because if we just get through this, and we don't change or, you know, more for shift or become better than it's always for nothing, right? We have to become different. We have to, on the way to your dreams, like I always say, you got to allow the changes and just the shifting and everything because that's what makes it worth it. And that's what makes us grow and heal and become better people. And that's what I'm hoping this book kind of helps people see, you know, is like, this is where we're at. This is what we're doing how can I be better, you know, going into this? How can I help people? How can I help myself? You know, and I think that's just so, like you were just saying, that's so crucial right now. We have to heal. We are all in this together. We are all connected, no matter if you're here or in, you know, another country. This is, we've seen the whole world (laughs) get taken by storm by one thing, by one thing rocked the entire world. So if that's not telling you that we aren't all connected, I don't know what, I don't know what will. So we have a lot of work to do. What I love most about what Amanda said was that she used and continues to use gratitude to pivot in the midst of everything. I love that she was able to open up 
to share with us insights of what it's like to be a frontline worker in the midst of this pandemic. Through her eyes, the sacrifice that she and her family have to make, just like the numerous and countless doctors and nurses and frontline workers that go in every single day. Um, So I say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for showing up. I really, really appreciate that. So please be sure to check out her contact information in the show notes. If you need support, you can visit me at my website, gift2shift.com or any of the social media platforms that you're on at gift to shift Thank you so much for your support. Make sure you subscribe, leave me some words, rate and review. I would love to hear your feedback and I appreciate you. And guess what? We're going to talk next week. I'll see you next week, guys. Take care.